welcome to the Sales History Podcast with your host, author of The Transparency Sale and The Transparent Sales Leader, Todd Capone. Each episode brings you the incredible and sometimes strange minds, philosophies, and approaches from sales history's past with relevance to today. Here's Todd. One hundred years ago, 1922, something extraordinary happened in the sales profession, and it wasn't extraordinary for a good reason. In today's episode, I want to tell you the story of something that I'm calling the Great Salesperson Purge of 1922. What led up to it, and a little bit of concern about the circumstances of what was going on 101 years ago that look eerily similar to today. So to start, do you believe that history repeats itself? Now, I'm not walking through town yelling, hear ye, hear ye, the end is near. Like I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen today. However, a sales purge did happen in the 1920s where organizations cleaned house, which was their term at the time and still used today. And the similarities between then and now are, are pretty familiar. I, I actually had some trouble sleeping when I first discovered this. And just keep in mind though, that I'm like the highest level of nerd of all time. So it's probably just me. But I was reading a 1920s study that sought to explain the then rise of salesperson turnover, which ended with a great purge of salespeople that took place in 1921 and 1922. Now, when I say that the purge was happening, what does that mean? Well, the average percentage of salesperson turnover across the companies represented in the study equaled 77% in 1921 and 85% in 1922. Now, the study only represented a smallish number of companies, but it did represent over 20,000 salespeople and included both voluntary and involuntary turnover. So I looked at this and I was thinking, holy crap, 85% salesperson turnover. That means that 85% of all salespeople changed jobs in that year. And that does not necessarily mean they found another one. It's turnover. So I went to dig into the why. So I dug in and the study talked about it. Like why was turnover trending upward in the late 1910s? What was going on in the economy and in the world and what caused the sudden spike? Well, that was when things started to get a little creepy for me. So let's go through it. Let's start with the beginning. So 1915 to 1917. In that period of time, the economy was doing well. I mean, much of the rest of the world was starting to fall into World War I, but the United States saw this as an opportunity to really get and extend our lead as a world power. So while they're all fighting, we're going to be over here making stuff, selling it, and growing a great economy. Now, turnover was on the higher end, but higher end meaning the 40s and 50% mainly because there was a lot of jobs and there was a lot of options for salespeople at the time. Then came 1917 and 1918, and it became abundantly clear that we were joining the fight of World War I. At that time, turnover rose a little bit again, partially because there were salespeople that were on the younger end that were joining the fight. 
uh, some companies lost anywhere from 20 to 35% of their sales team to the war effort. But at the same time, companies were slowing their production, right? They were choosing to focus manufacturing efforts to prepare and fight the war. So like lots of machine shops and companies like that were manufacturing things in support of the war instead of in support of their own company. But the bottom line was fewer salespeople were needed. And by the way, 1918, there also happened to be a massive pandemic going on, which was the Spanish flu. So we come out of that. The, the war didn't last very long. Uh, we were out of it by the end of 1918. And when people were coming back, Wow, was everybody spending, right? Everybody was building, companies were growing, and spending was at extraordinary levels. The demand for salespeople as a result far exceeded the supply. So, you know, during this kind of two-ish year period, the quote in the article says, most companies took almost anybody into their sales forces. So 1920, you've got most companies taking almost anybody into their sales forces because there was an overabundance of, of available jobs. Good and, and bad salespeople were able to continually improve their situation. The competition between companies for those salespeople was fierce, which also boosted the turnover figure enormously. So that period, turnover was higher, but it was voluntary turnover. So people continually trying to improve their own situation and with companies competing for people that was driving voluntary turnover. Well, then came the end of uh, 1920 into 1921 when the bubble burst. This was a short deflationary depression. The country hadn't quite figured out how to absorb all the returning military into the civilian workforce. And by mid-1921, when the depression was at its worst, here's another quote, sales executives discharged practically all of their salesmen. All right, so I want you to think about that. Within a two-year period, we went from, we will, quote, took almost anybody into our sales forces, and within two years, it was sales executives discharging practically all of their salesmen. Now, what's even more amazing is that coming out of that depression, things starting to grow again, what companies found is that smaller, more efficient sales teams led to more profitability. Profitability became the beacon versus growing at all costs. So the purge actually continued after the depression into 1922, where, quote, most sales managers had come to believe that small sales organizations composed of real producers could secure just as much business and at a smaller expense than larger organizations, which included low-grade men. Hence, the universal determination to clean house. That's a quote from 1924. So massive purges of salespeople, the pendulum in full swing, moving to where there was very little demand for salespeople coupled with a high supply. So with that in mind, and a little bit of education there around what I'm calling the great salesperson purge of the 1920s, here's the, the concerning part. And I just want to make you aware of it. Again, I'm not trying to ring the bell that we're all in trouble, but let's think about it. That beginning part, 1915 to 1917, looks a lot like 2017 to 2020, if you really think about it. I mean, the late 2010s here were represented by steady economic growth, which was much like that period of time. So 
There were jobs. There was hiring going on, which was great. Turnover was on the higher end because there was a lot of available jobs and a lot of companies growing. But then what happened? Well, similar to 1917 and 1918, World War I and the Spanish flu pandemic, we had a sudden jolt to the economy, right? I mean, it wasn't a war, but it was similar in terms of our country's focus and economic upheaval. The economy stopped because of the uncertainty around COVID, right? You know, two weeks to stop the spread became months. Companies cut costs, cut sales teams, focused spending on the essentials, and turned their entire organization's focus to runway extension and cash conversation, uh, conservation. In wartime, during that period 105 years ago, the situation was very similar in terms of very little focus on growth, more focused on maintaining, extending their runway, and contributing to society. And then, very similar to that boom that I told you about in 1918 to 1920, the fall of 2020 through today might actually be a bigger boom when you really think about it. I mean, by late 2020, the, the tide started to shift, right? Where you could feel tech investment going through the roof as the economy was now relying on technology to keep moving. Every company needed to make massive investments in their tech stacks. Companies were coming out of the woodwork. The result is what begins to look like a bubble. And again, I don't want to worry people, but there is something that is really concerning to me, and it comes from this idea of newly minted unicorns. What do I mean by that? Well, if we think about companies that are taking funding that are over a billion-dollar valuation, that's what they call a unicorn. So each year, they count up all right, how many newly funded companies are considered unicorns. Here's the thing that, I, I, I don't know, it should concern somebody. I'm surprised it's not. But in 2020, it was the record-breaking year, 167 newly minted unicorns, right? And if normally the range over the last four years, so 2017 to 2020, has been between 140 and 170 of these new unicorns. If you add all four up, as a matter of fact, you get 569. So in a four-year period, 569 newly minted unicorns. And the record was 167. Think about that for a second. Get that number in your head. How many were there in 2021? 586. Does that not worry anybody? I mean, off the charts. 4X, the greatest year we've ever had in terms of newly minted unicorns. So that also means that the number of open sales positions is an all-time record. And according to ZipRecruiter, there was over 700,000 open sales roles, excluding real estate, retail, and car sales as you know, soon as a few months ago. I mean, those are real B2B sales roles. There clearly isn't that much supply. Turnover is also at the highest it's been in my lifetime, right? The U.S. Department of Labor Statistics continues to break previous monthly records and the number of job changers per month that they're measuring. And turnover has always carried with it a huge cost burden on companies. I mean, in a 1925 article from the Bureau of Personnel Research, so 1925, 97 years ago, they were talking about this idea of how costs are trouble to the economy in terms of turnover. I mean, it just says that it, it did some simple measures just saying, hey, listen, there's been no like firm focus on the figures, but if you think that it costs you anywhere from 200 to 2000 
dollars to onboard a new sales rep. And at the time, there were 400,000 traveling salespeople in the U.S. So if you just estimate the turnover at 50% and you only estimate the cost of onboarding at $200, you're talking about $40 million added to the sales expense and the costs of distribution in the U.S., 1925. I mean, you could 10x that today. So you're thinking $400 million of cost to distribution in the economy as a result of turnover if turnover is high. And what was also a little bit concerning is this idea that right before this great salesperson purge, there was a spike in inflation. So inflation went way up and then it fell off the charts. And that depression back then was called a deflationary depression. And just an FYI, remember, there was a second depression. So when you think, gosh, what's he talking about? The Great Depression was 1929 to 1933. That's true. This was a separate one that doesn't get talked about very often, but depressions, they're horrifying. Like watching the videos of what was going on in the US back then, it was awful. So let's wrap this up. Let's think about this for a second. I mean, my concern is that, is there going to be enough business for companies to realize all of those enormous valuations that are coming through that investment spike? I mean, cost increases are happening from inflation, from turnover, and they need to go somewhere. If they're passed along to customers, those customers won't be able to afford as much and they're going to have to cut somewhere else. This at least begins to create a slow leak and worst case, it pops. And I think either way, we look through history and this idea that, gosh, we step on the same rake over and over again we have throughout history. We've got to realize that companies are at some point going to have to constrict they're going to have to merge and they're going to have to optimize. And at some point, we're going to have to go back to evaluating companies on profitability instead of revenue growth coupled with potential. This has happened over and over again. I mean, I experienced it in the tech space from 1996 to 2003. There was a lead up that was strong. There was a bubble. It popped. Everybody scattered for jobs. And then for a while, we as an economy landed on focusing on profitable measures versus revenue potential and growth at all costs. We've been in an extended period of growth in this country, which tells us that history does not always repeat itself. My hope is that it continues to defy history. I mean, measures are in place to see this coming and minimize its impact. But I also believe we shouldn't bury our heads in the sand and pretend that it cannot happen. At its core, History repeats itself when we don't know that history. So let's pay attention. Let's study this and make sure that we are prepared and optimizing now before there's a pop. Am I crazy? What do you think? I mean, I would love to hear from you, uh, not only on this concept and this idea, and hopefully this great salesperson purge of 1922 could be something that is just making you smarter just for the fun of it, which is cool too. But reach out. There's multiple ways to do it. I'm hard not to find. And either way, if you like the podcast or you've got other topics you want to, uh, me to explore, please let me know that. tcaponi at salesmelon.com or visit toddcaponi.com for more information. And then if you get a chance, rate, review the podcast. I love that too. It continues to tell me that I should keep going on this. So hope you enjoyed this and uh, thanks again. Thank you.